0: Hello and Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Ignite Your Strengths with me, Shaharazad Mokadam. And on today's show, I'm going to be speaking with the lovely Zainab Alima. Now, Zainab is a maternity prenatal nurse working for the NHS, plus she's a hijabi rugby player for Barnes Women's Rugby Club. So on today's show, we will be talking about how Zainab got into rugby and any barriers that she faced as a Muslim woman. We will have discussions about from fasting and training to juggling motherhood, work and her rugby, plus uh, any upcoming training se- for seasonal games. And yeah, <laughs> we just <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass it over to Zainab and welcome, Zainab. And welcome to Baby Peter. <laughs>
1: Thank you for having me on. Assalamu alaikum.
0: Wa salam.
1: <laughs> so, yes, I'm here with Khadija. So, she's going to be here in the background just cheering me on.
0: Um, <laughs> your, yes. Your biggest fan.
1: Definitely my number one fan.
0: So, um, Zainab, I just uh, want to ask you about basically how you got into rugby <laughs> and. Yeah, just, just, just go ahead. Mm-hmm. It, the mic's over to you.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I started um, rugby uh, back in high school. So I was um, studying PE, so physical education, um, at an A-level, and I needed to do a practical element within, with my course. Uh, so my PE teacher at the time suggested uh, doing rugby, um, just because I told her that I tried a rugby session um, in PE and I really enjoyed it. So she said, yeah, why not? Why don't you do rugby? Um, so I was like, OK. Um, so she actually went out of her way to speak to the head teacher to get me... Um, uh membership for a local club rugby club which was at elin it was elin Childfinders under 18s so, okay. um and yeah so i started playing with them and literally the rest is history that's where my rugby journey started and i've been playing um since then wow. it's coming up to yeah it's coming up to 10 years now
0: wow so just from that initial trying a rugby session you felt the need, well, you felt like, well, this is for me, I felt, you felt like you enjoyed it, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think because as a teenager, um, you know, there's, I was at that stage where, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you, you're in, you're during puberty, you're sort of uh, headstrong, you're, a lot of things going on around that time yeah and rugby was a good outlet for me right um i found that it really helped to channel my emotions um and my energy you know yeah. and it really helped me to stay focused yeah yeah definitely yeah, i would say it definitely helps to stay focused um and disciplined um because you have to attend training making sure you're not um disappointing that your teammates um you go training, you go matches, all those things that I was sort of learning from from as a teenager really um helped build me up, yeah in terms of my character I, um, yeah,
0: I totally agree, and also it's about it's just the fact that you it's self discipline
1: hundred percent
0: yes, you know because it's making the commitment and the consistency to go training. -hmm. And being self-disciplined, and that is hard being a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, (laughs) How did your family take it? Like that, you know, because you know, rugby has always been like it's a male. Yeah. mm -hmm. And you know, being, you know, well, being two things like being a girl and being a Muslim girl as well. Yeah. um, And on
1: top of that, being African. (laughs)
0: okay so you know so we've got three things already
1: we've got a three-way thing going yeah (laughs) so
0: how did your how did your family how did your family respond um
1: so I when I wanted to take up rugby I I told my dad um and he was like um why do you want to play rugby for like you know rugby is a man sport um you know it was really sort of why you know why do you want to do that and my mum on the other hand was more like oh but I don't want you to get injured you know she was more like she didn't want me to because obviously it's a physical sport um you have to put your body on line and she wasn't really keen on on me getting injured but she never dis, you know in, um discouraged me she was like yeah you could do it but just be careful sort of thing but my dad was like why do you want to do that it's a man's what is this is that you know the normal stereotypical things that yeah. one would say and um obviously he's an african man so i yeah. think a lot of that stereotypical ideas came from from you know his outlook on, on things um but he never he still never said no he didn't say no um um, so yeah, so they were a bit mm, reluctant, but they didn't say no, so I just continued
0: <laughs> yeah i think mm. i think um i um I, I mean, this is from my own perception, but I think mm. a lot of i mean when we talk about Muslim girls,, mm-hmm. I mean they're Muslims from all over the world, so yes Allah, but yeah when we're talking about sports and muslim females in sport or Mm -hmm. girls young muslim girls wanting to attend specific sports yes and especially kind of that are male dominated sports so Mm -hmm. you've got your contact sports like boxing rugby um, Mm -hmm. and then you've got your others like football which is still contact as well yeah um I think it's more kind of a cultural perception more than yeah. a religious perception because in Islam as you know you know we are encouraged, encouraged, to, yeah, encouraged to be active. physical activity mm-hmm. 100%. Um, you know because of our health and because of you know um, that connection you know with our creator so mm-hmm. um, and to the importance of looking after your body yes. um I, d- I do think that it's
1: a very cultural barrier, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people get it mixed up because yeah. nowadays culture and religious beliefs <gasps> are literally morphed into one, like it's yeah. so blurred that it's sometimes hard to pick it apart, yeah um so I think that's also. Um, an issue, you know, knowing wh- what is culture and what is, is the religious, you know, principles and religious values. Um, you know, yeah,
0: because totally people go around thinking,
1: that. yeah, and people go around thinking Muslim women are not allowed to do stuff, they should just stay at home, look after children, cook. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> clean. yeah, you know, that's the yeah, stereotypes yeah. that people that's even within. Um, the Muslim communities as well, not even just outside um, communities, but even within the Muslim communities, you, you can find people with that ideology. I think that is just about being at home, and, and you know, which you know, I personally do not agree with. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hats to a Muslim yeah. woman. She's not just, you know, the nurturer, the taker care of the home. She's adventurous. She's she's outgoing. She's she's straight. She's brave. She's courageous. She, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of hats to the Muslim men, but a lot of people just focus on one aspect and think that's that's it, and it really isn't.
0: Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. I mean, I know for myself, my past experiences. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I remember. I mean, my background as you know, a boxing in boxing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's for another podcast. Trust me. Oh um, yeah, she's got a lot I mean, to say on that. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I've had I've had I've had people where they've asked me, um, am am I allowed outside?
1: And, oh really?
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Am I allowed outside? And am am I allowed to do sports? I remember joining um uh, a club. Um and uh, uh, and yeah the the I was the only Muslim woman there. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe there was another Muslim woman there, but obviously I stood out because of eye cover. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, I got I got some really strange looks, as mm-hmm. if, as if as
1: you shouldn't be here, if, kind of looking. I, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, what are you doing here?
0: Exactly, and uh, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it also not only did it make me feel uncomfortable but it also made me question about should I be here yeah
1: do I fit in do I belong here I totally get that 100% I get that
0: have you ever felt that with any other clubs that you've um come across you Mm. know um doing rugby yeah
1: um so As everyone that plays rugby will tell you, rugby is known to promote inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you are, where you are, where you come from, your background, you should have access to rugby and you should, you're part of, you can be part of the rugby community. Um, However, um, on the ground, I would say... um, I mean, for me personally, from my perspective, is that when I started playing rugby, so I started in high school, but when I went to uni, that was sort of like um where you mix with other people from different you know backgrounds and stuff, but my team was predominantly white, and i I stood out I stood out not only because I was black but obviously I was as a Muslim as well, and so not not look not just looking different yeah. as in like covering up um because you know you'd wear, you'd wear shorts, um, short sleeves, and. You know, and I would be always covered up. So only, not only did I feel different physically, but also in terms of socially. So rugby is a is a physical game, but there's a social, there's a sort of culture to it in terms of drinking after a match, alcohol, yeah. um, to be precise, and you know, sort of lads, lads going out for a pint of beer kind of thing. And it was something that I was not used to. Obviously, coming from Muslim background, it's not something that I. I did so I would say that was a bit where I sort of felt I'm not sure if I belong here I'm not sure if this is for me you know um and it took a while for me to understand or or for me to sort of process that I don't have to be a part of this to enjoy rugby you know but because it's it's hard to dissect from like to take yourself away from that because it's so much part of the rugby culture for you to say you're not doing it it's a bit like it's, it's it even builds it buys into more, it buys more into the fact that you're different, if you get what I mean, you know, yeah, um, so I, these are the things that I was facing, you know, I didn't look the same, because of the way I dress, obviously, because of the colour of my skin, because I wasn't, I was the only white person in the whole team. And then you co- you go after the match, you'd go and, you know, sit in the clubhouse, and then I wouldn't be drinking. So, there was these things that was making me think, I don't know if I belong here, just like what you were saying, you know, about your your experience with boxing. I'm not sure if I fit in here. I'm not sure if rugby's for me. Um, Yeah, so that's the kind of things I was facing, but um, I just stuck at it because I really loved the game. What I used to do, I would go to matches and just go. Yeah, after matches, I'll just you know say bye to the girls and go home. Like I was, I wouldn't stay for any extra social activities just because I knew I wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. because I would be the only one that's not drinking, and you know, like I'd rather be at home. Basically, um, yeah. but it took a lot of look at um, looking yeah. reflection. It took a lot of reflection and just me saying to myself, "Do you know what? You're different. Okay, you need to embrace." that difference and you don't need to to conform to whatever it is that you're not happy with or you don't feel comfortable with you just be you you know when I just said when I sat down and said to myself I need to be who I am you know um regardless of the rugby culture um I with with my identity I need to stay true to my identity and if that means I'm not going to drink but still participate in rugby then so be it you know so I started just let go just be free a bit more let go of any sort of pressure I was putting on myself and I think that's what was how I've become who I am today because I'm just myself and yes I'll go have a great match you know smash people get (laughs) smashed as well (laughs) you know and uh yeah have a good time with the girls um I don't need to be drinking obviously and just go my way and they go their way and um, once I started to just be free and be open, I found it much easier. I just, I just thought, I don't. There's not. Um, you don't have to fit in. You really don't. And I think that's where people get it wrong. People feel like, oh, I don't fit in. I need to fit in. Um, and when you actually just relax and just be yourself, yeah, um, that's, that's where you know. Happens. I feel like that's where growth happens as well. That's just where growth, growth happens. Happen.
0: 100%. Yeah, you, that's you, you where grow where growth happens. Happen yeah,
1: yeah. And... it takes a lot of effort you know Shihaza, to to pretend or to to be to try and fit in and to to be someone you're not It takes too much effort yeah
0: yeah it really does, yeah. and i mean i am I'm, I'm you know going back to what you said i mean although um there's inclusion there, there is that bonding on the pitch, but there isn't that social bond afterwards mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know and how you get to know your your teammates on the pitch is yeah. one thing, but yeah. then you know the social bond is
1: hundred is
0: is a different is a different thing altogether. So yeah. it's like, yeah. although you know them how they are mm-hmm. as a team player on the pitch, you yeah. don't really you haven't really got to know them on a social level. Picture.
1: Yeah, and do you know what I'll have to say that the teams that are really good socially yeah. happen to be really ah. good on the pitch too, I yeah. find. The yeah. ones that are close knit yeah. off the pitch, you know, they've got each other's back. Um, you know, they're really well connected off the pitch. When they come on the pitch, it shows the way they play.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Because yeah. they know each other. They know like you you could just see the, the connection. You could just see by how they play. Um and that's one thing that I always commend about the team that I'm with now. I've only been with them for one season I didn't even actually play I only played two games for them because I was pregnant um but often like they're the team that would make me want to stay behind after after match or stay after training just to sit down and have a chat and have a laugh like um and I think when you find a team like that it's a special thing and you just have to hold on to it to be um, honest with yeah
0: you. now talking about Barnes Women's Rugby Club yeah. Um you kind of roped me into the training there. <laughs> and I, I have to agree with you. Now I you know, um my brothers, they they themselves, they played rugby, they were in the mm-hmm. rugby scrum. Um right. they were like everything was rugby about them. Uh yeah. and I kind of like I grew up myself in a in a sporting family. Um, mm-hmm. you know for example my father he was you know kung fu teacher oh, so wow. i've i've always I, mm-hmm. i've always had sport in my life from very yeah. young yeah a small, small yeah. little girl yeah. yeah so um and i've always liked contact sports mm-hmm. um me going to Barnes women's rugby club was an eye opener because mm-hmm. of it something that i wanted to try out but hadn't but I had shied away from it, yeah, um, because I've had bad experiences as as I've as I mentioned um, mm-hmm. with feeling um, not comfortable, and yeah. um, I suppose it's that kind of thing about you know center of attention. She's different, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and yeah, I, I get a bit of that kind of social anxiety there. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah it, having knowing that there was another muslim woman there you <laughs> it made me feel no you know what i'm gonna go yeah
1: yeah and, and
0: yeah i am sure that it's like that for a lot of other muslim women that when they mm-hmm. know that there's other muslim women there it yeah. makes them feel that you know what she can do it. you know what i yeah, can do yeah. it too mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And, i get that. yeah yeah
0: and, and i I do. I I have to say one thing that Barnes Women's Rugby Club were extremely welcoming. Yeah. And there was not for one minute that I felt uncomfortable at all.
1: Yeah.
0: And I really did feel that there was a real strong team presence. Yeah. uh, United, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's women, you know, it's women united in a male dominant sport.
1: Yeah. So this is yeah. It's amazing. And do you know what? Um, Shiraz, that I didn't tell them, to they just that's just how they are. We're known. Then we're known as the most friendliest club in London. And I think they live up to that, to that um, to that phrase because, um, they're always welcoming. Even just just like how they treated you, they treated me the same way yeah. when I joined. They're always you know everyone's always um welcoming and friendly. Uh, they always want to help um I know even on your way you met you met one of our teammates and she she came with you all the way to the club um and that's just you know I did not I didn't tell her to do that you know they're just generally nice people nice bunch of girls
0: yeah now then moving on um can you tell me like for example how tell me explain to me i mean obviously we're muslim and we fast in the month of ramadan and Mm -hmm. there's obviously you know other Ah. um, obligatory fasts that we do within the year as well yeah how do you manage with fasting and training Mm
1: -hmm. um well thankfully alhamdulillah that training are in the evening so um generally um break my fast like I break my fast and then go training um mm-hmm. because training starts at 7 seven fifteen, and it finishes at 9 so if we break fast a bit later yeah. it's okay because it's like you're doing physical activity and then as soon as you're finished you can break your fast so it's not like we train in the morning and then you have to go the whole day and you're thirsty and you're you know Uh, thing so it's it's nice that I train in the evenings and then that's around breakfast time so it it goes actually quite handy yeah you're lucky (laughs) yeah it goes handy
0: that is very
1: lucky yeah um so I don't have a problem with um With that, with fasting, um, whether it's during the Ramadan or uh, or not. And Ramadan has been um, in the summer months for some time now, um, and rugby season's ended by then as well. So So you're (laughs) um, double lucky. Exactly, double lucky. The only thing is, I have in the past sort of coincided with sevens so sevens rugby is is during the summer um, time when the 15th season has ended so that's like playing in hot weather um I haven't actually played during Ramadan Ramadan before but I have played generally but that's like you're still covered up you're still sweating it's still hot and you're playing rugby um so that's been that's quite challenging um but you can drink then can't you so you can drink and make sure you're you're hydrated, uh, but I do stick to fifteens. I prefer fifteens rugby, <laughs> to be honest okay. with you. Yeah. Um,
0: the other thing that I wanted to mention was about, for example, as Muslim women, you know, we cover up, you know, because of it's about our modesty and what have you. I mean, I know that I faced um, quite challenging um things when it comes to kit, and um, you know, it's just like. You're having to wear double layers upon double <laughs> layers upon <laughs> double layers. And um, yes. how, you know, how, how? yeah, I mean, for example, you have a short sleeve T-shirt. <laughs> You've got to wear a long sleeve T-shirt underneath to cover. Mm-hmm. Unless you find, I know that Nike, they do um, long sleeves for basketball, mm-hmm. which I have used yeah. myself under yeah. short sleeve t-shirts in hot weather mm-hmm. um so that my arms are covered fully yeah um but i i do think that it would be good if some clubs could actually make some of those <laughs> sleeves with mm-hmm. their own logo um yeah. so that you know i mean it it's it's not just for muslim women it but it's yeah, also it's um, yeah you, you yeah. can use it you know other ladies can use mm-hmm. it Um, yeah protect their skin against the sun
1: yeah yeah Um,
0: yeah but you know there's always that kind of oh you know you know you (laughs) it's like you know you wear leggings and then you gotta wear the shorts on top or you wear leggings and you gotta wear like um one of those kind of like tennis. Long
1: tops or something. Yeah, I get
0: you. How
1: do you Oh my god, this is so funny because this is literally typical Muslim girl problems. Like it's just literally so typical. Um well, in terms of hijab, for example, like a headscarf, I wear um, jog-on. <laughs> and um, I I used to have a Nike hijab. Um, but I, d- I found that it didn't really suit my head shape. So yeah. um, I stopped wearing it. And then Lynn Northcott, who's... the uh, um, owner of the brand yeah. um, came up with her own jog on hijab and yeah that's what I wear and it it's, it does me nicely so when I play my rugby I put I, that's all sort of my sports jo- um, hijab that I wear um, and then I put my scrum cap on top just to make sure it's secured because um, I have had incidents where my hijab has come off gym playing rugby which right. you know, absolutely let me actually tell you the story so
0: yeah um, <laughs> since
1: we're on the topic so this was sort of the beginning of my rugby journey um I was still sort of still new to the game not really sure how um things were so I was playing uh wing right so this is sort of like your position where you kind of the one of the fastest on the field and you just get the ball and run basically it's your job right yeah so I got the ball I was running um and I ran across the field and scored a try and I got up and there was no sort of celebration for my team everybody was just looking at me like weirdly and I'm like what is going on and then I just felt like a breeze <laughs> <I'm> this <still> <laughs> is a bit. What's going on here? Not knowing, right? My headscarf has come had come off, like oh. like ten meters before I'd even like scored, and it's just there, lying on the grass. And I was like, oh my god! And it was like my hair wasn't done. do You know what? That's, that's what my you know my hair was not done. It was nappy. It like I don't think I even combed it properly that day. It was just because you know, you as a Muslim woman and you cover up, you know, you can have a bad hair day, nobody's gonna know. So, so you know, it's not really you can get away with not doing your hair. So, obviously, it was one of those days that I didn't do my hair, and you know, my headscarf came off, and I was absolutely mortified. And, um, but it was a lesson learned. My teammates, you know, they they held me up, and you know, even though they were a bit like oh, my God, like, they didn't know what to do because the first time they see seen my hair, they like, was oh, gosh, like, it's a bit awkward. Um, but they're like, are you OK? You know, mm. I just, picked, you know, I just stood up and I'm like, you yeah, know, yeah, I put my scarf back on. Um, and that was that. And it was a lesson learned because since then, um, I've had to find hacks and to right. sure it doesn't happen again so that's where the scrum cap came into play so um, now whenever I wear my sports hijab um I put my scrum cap on top and literally like that's the first thing I make sure I have in my bag whether it's even if it's like I, even if I lose I cannot wear a gum shield but I have to have yeah. my scrum cap you know um so yeah <laughs> leave, so it's the leave, first leave, thing
0: leave the scrum shield <laughs> Yeah, but, but
1: the to, yeah, leave there. <laughs> yeah 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 definitely I'll leave the gum shield at home I don't mind can play like that but yeah the scrum cap has to definitely be the first things to put in my in my bag um, and this helps a lot because when you're playing like me when I want to play when I'm playing rugby I really want to get into it I want to go all guns blazing put my effort you know really go for it so if I if I had the scrum cap on, I don't have to worry about my hijab falling off because to have that in the back of your mind, you're not going to play properly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be worried about, oh, it's going to come off, so maybe I won't make that tackle or stuff like that. But when I have it on, I'm like, let's go. I'm ready, you know. Bulldozers here. Like, I'm ready for this. Um, So I I always make sure I pack it.
0: Sorry, Z, I was just about to say that. For the listeners, (laughs) Zainab is known for AKA Bulldozer. (laughs) <laughs> and i definitely don't want to get bulldozed by her
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what you know do you know what i i wish i could tell you an exciting story about that name but it really isn't it was literally the reason how i got that name um because of the position i used to play and there was a move that required me to to do a certain move in that um in the game and that move was called bulldozer so that's how right. i ended it up but I don't tell people that because that's boring. Um, I just sort of put the name out there. And do you know what I else I love about the name? For me, yeah. it's like when you think of bulldozer, you think of something smashing, right? Like smashing something. Yeah. And for me, I feel like what I'm do, what I'm trying to do is smash stereotypes. So for me to call be called bulldozer is like a Metaphor for <laughs> what I'm doing and who I am. Do you go? Know I mean? I so that's that. why, yeah, that's why I love the name. And I, I don't mean, I don't mind being called the bulldozer. And it's not even anything to do with arrogance or being cocky. Not nothing whatsoever. Yeah. It, it may seem like that to people. So, uh, but I would just like to um, you know, it's not, it's not nothing like that. Um, but yeah, I think I just see the concept behind a bulldozer is to smash things and. If I'm smashing stereotypes, then yeah, call me bulldozer.
0: I love that. I love that mm-hmm. concept. And
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: something? When I when I heard that name bulldozer, oh mm-hmm. Zainab, aka bulldozer, do you know what I thought? That you know that immediately, I just that came to my mind. Strong, really? Yeah, strong. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like strong strength in a woman yeah and to smash things. Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but now that you <laughs> but now that you now that you put it like that to smash stereotypes
1: yeah yeah
0: that's even better.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely smash stereotypes
0: so, so
1: you know okay. everybody's got their own little bulldozer you know everyone's got their own little Tuck, little yeah. bulldozer in them just need to unleash it.
0: I love that I love that absolutely love that and mm. I think that all the young girls and young women, they need to unleash their bulldozer. Definitely,
1: definitely. That's why you should come, come to Barnes Rugby Club and try it out. <laughs> unleash your bulldozer.
0: <laughs> now then, tell me um, how, because you've, just, you've recently had a little baby girl.
1: Yeah, she's here with me now, Khadija, yeah.
0: yeah. And um, how, how many months old is she now?
1: She's now eight months.
0: Eight months. So wow, the time's gone fast.
1: I know. God. I literally I feel like it I just gave like back to her just, like yesterday. Yeah, it I just know. felt like it was
0: just like a couple of months ago that I was. I honestly, I honestly. To you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me, um, how do you juggle? I mean, because obviously, you know, outside of rugby, you've got another life. You work mm-hmm. in the NHS. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, tell me what you do in the NHS, is yeah. that me? And how do you juggle
1: Yeah, all of that?
0: How do you juggle motherhood, yeah. work, training?
1: Yeah. And you've
0: and you've got three children, isn't it?
1: I've got three, yeah. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so I get this question a lot. Um and do you know what? Yeah, I'm just really lucky, you know, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. because um I've got a good support network. I've got six sisters. MashaAllah. I've got a um, husband that helps, really hands-on. And without those, because of that, I'm able to do things. And to be fair, I've always been that person. I'm always like, if I want to do something, I do it. And sometimes, like, I don't like waiting for people to do things for me. I just mm-hmm. do it myself. So that's probably why I I sort of have um many hats because I just you know I think of something oh this might be okay and I just do it and um at the same time I I make sure I schedule my my time properly so for example uh so I work as a neonatal nurse in NHS so I look after premature babies and sick newborn babies um that's my profession so if I'm working I generally do night shifts so I make sure that the nights that I do do doesn't coincide with the training nights right. if I can yeah and then um weekends so Sunday I make sure I'm not working on Sundays because I can play matches on Sundays right and also Sundays are good for childcare because everyone's home my, uh, my hubby doesn't work on weekends so he can look after um, the kids um, and I always take one with me so I take one like I've, I've got five sister, six sisters so I take one of my sisters with me if I'm going to play a game yeah. so she will be like my little babysitter on the sidelines so if I'm running around in the pitch I've got somebody um, that's watching her on the sidelines um, so that helps as well yeah. so yeah it's just a support system it's, it's good you know and that's how I'm able to to juggle a lot of the things. I think if it wasn't for them, it would be quite difficult to do what I'm doing. So I always, I'm grateful for them. You know, Alhamdulillah, I'm really grateful to to the support that my family gives me um, to enable me to go out and do the things that I do. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's my support system, really.
0: MashaAllah. And I know that I I met your younger sister.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, you met her.
0: Yeah. And uh, oh, mashaAllah, you know what? I mean there must be you because because how old is she um she,
1: she's... yeah jenna is um 10 she's 10 years Nine.
0: old yeah so i mean wow i mean zaynab mashallah <laughs> sister you've got i mean your your younger sister has got a real fantastic role model to look up to
1: yeah
0: and <laughs> young <laughs> girls need role models in their life whether it's from their mother or from their father or from another sister or from a brother or from an Mm -hmm. aunt from the teacher Mm PE teacher yeah so I mean you're a fantastic role model to your younger sister mashallah yeah
1: thank you um to be fair Jen if, if if I'm honest I pretty much brought her up myself not myself obviously but when she was born um I was just like so fascinated um, about her and I used to like I'll take her to school I'll just just be like a little like a second mom to her basically yeah. so to see how much she's grown and now she's also helping me with my my children it's just a nice thing to see you know yeah. and um yeah I'm very grateful for all my sisters um and yeah they really um help out So, I yeah, I'm very thankful for
0: that. You you seem like you're, you know, you're, you know, that you're from a really tight family and Um, watching um, on YouTube the Alima sisters (laughs) and uh, all the, all the, all those things that you, that you spoke about, uh, took me way back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have a good time. Whenever we're together, we literally have a good time and it's like, um,
0: up it's up memories
1: amazing. yeah bringing up memories laughing sharing stories eating you know it's just it's just a good laugh when we're all together and uh, we wanted to share that with yeah. with people especially during the lockdown we were all together Um yeah. and it was just a nice way to sort of stay connected but also try and bring a bit of laughter and a good mood to to people out there so I'm glad you you tuned in and enjoyed it
0: oh definitely it was it was it was worth watching but you need to make some more episodes
1: (laughs) yeah we really do we've been a bit quiet recently everyone's just sort of busy doing their own thing now but um yeah I think we should we definitely should shoot
0: more so now um the next question I'm gonna ask you is um, you're the founder of Studs in the Mud, mm-hmm. um, and you set up Studs in the Mud, uh, a charity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so can you can you tell the audience about Studs in the Mud? And I know that you've got connection with Morocco. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: which is the uh, Moroccan women's rugby um, yeah. team. So yeah, talk about that, see, because I'm, okay. I'm quite, I'm yeah. quite I'm quite yeah. Don't
1: worry, I'm coming right. So let's let's start off with okay. So the reason why I set it up, right? Um, I like helping people and I like giving back, right? So that's one thing. And obviously, I love rugby, so I wanted to think what can I do that will combine those two things: so giving back to people, helping people, and then also my passion for rugby. So that's where it came about. Um, so it basically is so it's not a registered charity at the minute it's a project
0: nice. so the
1: project it's basically um hoping to empower and inspire children and women as well so um i set up in ghana just because ghana's my heritage and uh, i have contacts there i thought let me just start off in ghana um so, I made some research. I went into YouTube. I actually didn't know that Ghanaians even knew anything about rugby because I've never heard anyone talk about rugby in Ghana. Um, so I did some research. I came across this young lady on YouTube who was coincidentally also a Muslim, black hijabi, and she was with the, she was one of the board members within Ghana rugby. Right. So I was blown away. I'm like, "Wow." So i met I stalked her on Facebook. I got in contact with her, and I said, "Listen, I've seen what you're doing, and I just think it's amazing she what she did was uh, she's part of the of delivering getting to rugby, which is a program aimed at getting kids um involved in rugby at a young age, just letting them have fun uh with rugby and stuff like that. so she was involved in that, and I said, "I want to help you. What can I do?" So she talked to me, she sent me photos, we had a discussion about um what kind of things they need and one of the top things was boots because a lot of these kids were playing in like bare, like barefoot um uh-huh. in sandals uh, just not appropriate sports foot- footwear yeah. um and also they were playing on concrete either wow. concrete yeah you know like proper contact rugby on concrete and I was like what the heck? like what is this and um they were playing on like red sand sort of like gravel You know, just just something that, I mean, here we have grass and we just take it for granted, you know. And um, so anyway, so I set up a GoFundMe page. Mm. A lot of people donated money. I used the money to buy the boots. Some people donated equipment, rugby balls, bibs, anything that could sort of, you need basic things you need to enjoy rugby, you know. So I shipped that over to Ghana. Then I went over a couple of uh, months later to meet the staff. And I went out to the school um to schools um with my contact and just saw the kids playing having fun we gave them some of the the donated items and they were just so happy like massive smiles on their face really enjoying the sport so grateful that they've they've been given like this
0: you know brand new pair of boots
1: and um equipment they were just genuinely happy and i just said to myself i want to do more of this you know this is what it's about you know giving back, making people happy, encouraging the youngsters to continue being active, all those things. And I also happened to meet the Ghana the Ghana women's team. Um, mm-hmm. Also gave them a few like jerseys and stuff, and they were thankful for. And um, yeah, so that was Ghana. Um, And then I was lucky enough to make a contact with a lady called Yusra, who's the captain of of a, of a ladies team in Marrakech. Um, it, was, it was through a rugby podcast, actually, that I found her details. So I got talking. I was like, "Wow, another sister playing rugby in Morocco!" What? Inshallah. So I was like, "Oh, I need to need to get in contact." So we we started speaking, and she was like, Do "You know what? Um, You can come to Morocco if you want." And I said, "Do you know what? I am going to come." And that was it. Literally, I I put my flights. I um, <laughs> made sure I was scheduled, you know, when I should go. And that's it. I took a plane out there.
0: Yeah. Morocco, and I, Morocco. I went
1: to Morocco. Oh, it was amazing. Wow. I got to, I met with the team. Yeah. I met yesterday. I met with the, her team. Uh, we played some rugby together in the sun. We had tea. Um, we just, I just enjoyed it. It was like three, the, the best holiday because it's like, rugby plus sunshine plus good company it was just amazing um and i i got them a customized ball um for their team and they absolutely loved it um and i also asked i said what do you guys need because i want to help you and again boots was top of the agenda because what they were doing um the captain said to me is still playing and um one one person will have a pair of boots, they would have to come off and give their boots to another person so they can can go on, (sighs) things like that. And I was like, oh, no, I have to help.
0: Yeah, and and obviously, you know, someone's going to be a different size foot.
1: Exactly. It's not going to, you know, feel comfortable. Um, And it's just not It's not hygienic, really. Um, So, yeah, so I made a little pledge to sort of help them. And we've managed to raise money, uh, we know we managed to sort of um yeah raise money and get twenty five pairs of boots. Um one lady um that I used to play with she actually bought eighteen pairs single handedly and ah. then the rest, and then I sort of got um, some money from the fundraiser to buy the remaining pairs and yeah, so we have it, I still have it in my house now, I mean, because of um COVID, I haven't been able to sort of ship it out yet, Um, but I'm just waiting for the go-ahead in regards to the restrictions on COVID and stuff and um, I might actually go out there myself to to personally give it to, to the ladies um I
0: think you should I think yeah you should. treat myself
1: to the holidays well, while I might <laughs>
0: exactly I'll tag along yeah. with you stuff me <laughs> in the case yeah yeah <laughs> totally. no no I think you should deliver it personally and yeah. um and I think it's amazing that you've managed to connect with other female rugby clubs (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 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 in countries that you wouldn't expect yeah
1: exactly and do you know what shahrazad because it's so do you know how it was just special because i've always said i'm the only black girl i'm the only muslim girl in the team
0: yeah
1: you know previously and even still now um but i went to Morocco and i was filled with all Muslim girls you know yeah. hijab yeah. wearing you know wearing, hijab wear someone hijab whatever but it just I felt like I'm not the only one like we're all the same here you know so it was a nice feeling um I didn't stick out and um it was just nice to to have that that feeling that's
0: amazing and what's Ooh. that uh what's the Moroccan uh rugby team called
1: it's Ooh. called Amar Amar oh. Ladies and yeah
0: ladies. okay yeah oh, Yeah, I think I've seen them on um
1: yeah they're very active on social on media Yus- yeah. yeah Yusra is ah. really good with, with she's the captain of the team ah. she was a contact that I had there, and she's ah. doing amazing things women's rugby yeah. not just in Morocco but just in general she's really pushing it ah. um and yeah I'm really oh, proud yeah. of it and she's doing a really good job out there oh,
0: mashallah. Mm. A- anyway um so anyway, now we're going to wrap it up and mm-hmm. um, I've enjoyed talking to you and uh, it's just wonderful to hear Muslim women doing so well in sports and just taking the plunge to just get involved mm-hmm. in a sport that they like. Yeah. And um, I do believe that there should be more opportunities, not just for Muslim girls, but girls in general. Um, Mm -hmm. in all sports and uh, and I do feel that um, you know the first portal call in schools uh, as you said in your experience it was your PE teacher that put me forward
1: honestly can you imagine if she didn't like what what would I be doing now exactly I know I would you know but like rugby is such a big part of my life I just think like imagine if she didn't Inc- like pushed me and encouraged me and actually took me to my first club like what would I what would I be doing now you know yeah. so yeah I'm definitely grateful to her I to. I would love to go and visit her to be fair and just
0: show her like look, look where I am now because of you miss yeah you should I mean <laughs> yeah. um I mean we talk about role models and stuff my my I mean obviously you know apart from my mother and what have you and my father and brothers but I mean my role model Um, and who i remember is my pe teacher
1: oh really Um, yeah and um
0: and 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 you know i went to an all-girls school um Mm -hmm. and it was you know when i said that i wanted to be a pe teacher it was like oh you know are you a lesbian (laughs) so um there was quite um a different type of understanding back then
1: yeah yeah Um, no to be fair we get that even I we get that a lot in rugby as well that's one of the stereotypes as well yeah
0: yeah I mean and and it's still it still is it's still it still surrounds it today um yeah yeah in sports
1: I 100% agree
0: yeah and especially if you do male dominated sports as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so yeah and i but i i have to thank my p e teacher yeah um, but yeah it was it was because of her that made me continue to push forward and I yeah. am here where I am now in my um, you know so um you know role models are important to women to girls and to young women, yeah and um and especially if the especially for example if your p e teacher is a female p e teacher as well i think mm-hmm. I think that's just a, like a bonus
1: yeah
0: um but I've enjoyed having this chat with you, and Thank I hope you. that it inspires other other young girls, young women, and women in general because this is what this platform is all about uh-huh. um, this podcast is 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 dedicated to women in sports. Yeah, and um, and and obviously with all the barriers that women face,
1: yeah,
0: because of you know when you as, as you're lucky that you've got the support network, because a, for yeah. a lot of women who are into sports, it.
1: yeah, once
0: they have their baby, they have to put things on hold because they don't <laughs> mm-hmm. have that support. Yeah, and they aren't yeah. able even to take their young child um, to the club where they do the sport. So mm-hmm. um no, big up Barnes Rugby <laughs> Women's Club yeah. and um and big up to you, respect. Zainab. And keep on doing thank all, you keep on doing all what you need to do and get rugby out there get it yeah nice.
1: get rugby out there thank you so much thank you so much for having me on the show and I think it's such a great platform thank and you. I'm really excited to see what you do with it next I'm going to be there your number one fan thank watching you. and listening <laughs>
0: thank you and let me know when um you know when you've got your next uh rugby big match and I'm coming uh, down. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you. I'll let you know.
0: Definitely shall. definitely be cheering you on from the sides. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, take care now.
1: Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.